Hey, Alexa, what crap did John Hicks say this week on the radio? I'm sure I don't want to hear it, but I'm interested to find out. Helping you solve the retirement puzzle. Welcome to The Retirement Solution with John Hicks. Here with John Hicks, I'm Jennifer Perry. And remember, if you have any questions for us here on The Retirement Solution, you can always drop us an email through our website at retirementsolutionradio.com. John, I want you to think back. You've been doing this for quite a while, helping people with retirement, but how many jobs would you say you've had over the years? I mean, start with that very first one when you were a teenager. Um, So when I was uh, knee high to a grasshopper, (laughs) as they would say, my dad made me bale hay. Okay, Uh, so hard work. He he made sure I did that. He made me bale hay. Um, He made me uh, hang tobacco in barns. He made me plant tobacco sitting on the back of uh, of a spreader. Um, it, all of this was before I was driving age. All, I had to do all of those things before I was driving age. So I was probably 14, 15, 16. Wow. He thought it built character. Now, when I was 16, I needed gas money and farming jobs weren't always available. I needed to work during the winter too. Mm-hmm. So he got me jobs in the summer, squeegeeing tomato juice at a tomato factory. Squeegeeing tomato yep, squeegeeing. juice. So yeah. So on these huge <laughs> conveyor belts, you know, all of these ladies would be taking these tomatoes and putting them in the cans and all this juice would run everywhere. The juice... <laughs> runneth over, as they would say. <laughs> Sounds and really so I, messy. I, I, yeah, I had like a four foot squeegee. There's like four of us. And we would squeegee that tomato juice into a drain. Um, and I did that because it started at 4 a.m. in the morning, which gave me time to then still have baseball practice and play semi-professional baseball or American oh, Legion man. ball in the evenings. So I'd get up about three o'clock have like a piece of toast and a couple pieces of bacon, run out, get to the factory at like 345 because if you were one minute late, you didn't get paid. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, mm. so I had to be there by 4 a.m., but I was done by like 1 p.m. So sometimes I would take a nap, but it was very rare that I would take a nap. And then uh, then I would wait a couple hours and then I'd have to drive over to Indiana from Owensboro and uh, where Don Mattingly played baseball. We'd go over there to to, uh, to Rockport, Indiana, and, and that's where I would play American Legion ball for usually if not one game, two games in an evening, get home about 1 a.m. And, and do it again. So my dad believed in that kind of stuff. He believed in that kind of thing. So from there, um, then I guess technically I came out. I went to uh, Wall Street, did some investment banking for a period of time, came back and was a banker. So I'm going to say I had... Um, Seven jobs. Seven jobs. Okay, ish. I've been in finances for almost 23 years now. So for my working world, that's been primary, the primary focus for almost 23 years I've done this. So yeah, so I'm going to say seven. Well, okay. Well, I get where you get your work ethic from, certainly, (laughs) especially the tomato squeegeeing. Yeah, he he thought the tomato squeegeeing was going to lead to a better life for me. Builds character, man. Yeah, (laughs) and here's what he said, and, and he was very honest about this. He said, John, here's the point. Now that you're going to college, I want you to understand, as much as you hated squeegeeing tomato juice, if you do not complete your education and do what you're supposed to do, there's a great chance that that's the best you're ever going to do. Mm-hmm. And that's all I needed. <laughs> Buddy, I never came home with C's on my report card. I never did. And I went to a school to kick my butt. So, um, so yeah, I, I learned a lot from him. And he's a, he's a wonderful man, still with us. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so, Dad, thank you. Uh, oh, yeah. I think there's a lot we can learn from wisdom from older generations. I wish that more of us and you guys, forget me, I'm, I'm no one, I'm a no one when it comes to this stuff. You guys out there, you know who you are. You guys that served in, in the wars, you guys out there that secured our freedom by fighting for us. You guys out there that push it in, push it out every single day. 
to make this world a better place, to make this country a better place. I need you guys to talk more to your kids and grandkids. Mm -hmm. It makes me nervous listening to this younger generations, listening to how these people talk and what they think and how socialism is a better thing. Explain to them. Don't mansplain it to them. You know, don't, don't make them feel bad about it, but just help them understand how we got here how far we've come from when you guys were younger. This is a huge thing to me. Yeah. And my dad helped me through this because it was very easy for someone like me. I'm not going to lie to you. It would have been very easy for someone like me. My dad was a judge in a town and almost all everyone else was farmers. It would have been easy for me for my dad to let me be a cocky, arrogant, little smug snurf. <laughs> and he didn't allow that. But more than that, he helped me grow and learn from the best of the people out there. And believe me, the best of the people out there those are the people I got to work with. I still get to work with these people. That's, yeah. that's the beauty of you guys calling in. I get, I get to hear. I get to hear the awesome messages from Shelby County and Henry County. I get to hear the awesome messages from Oklahoma and St. Matthews and everywhere. I get to hear all this stuff. I get to yeah. hear how you guys succeeded and what you're looking for and where the guidepost is for you so you can find out what you need to do. I love it. So let's do this. Here's what I, I want everyone to think about this week. And believe me, I still got a, a headache. I do. I still have, I still have hoof prints on the back of my head. Um, and, and I can't verify if that was my neighbor Cletus just doing something to me weird in the evening after I went to sleep. But having said that, think about this. If you talk to your grandkids, your kids, anytime in the next two weeks, just think about it. Tell them a great story about what it took to have gut spa, to have guts, to make things a little bit better. A time that you went through trial and tribulation, maybe you were drafted. Right. Yeah. Or maybe something else happened or maybe you realized there was going to be a major career change in your life or or how something didn't work out. Teach these young guys or these younger people how to critically think without relying on someone else for a bailout. Right. Yeah. That's what I think we all need. More stories of perseverance, work ethic, getting yourself up by the bootstraps and just doing it right. That's what we all need to do. And I know the market's high right now. Everyone's feeling good. This won't last forever. It's okay. But I want everyone to succeed in retirement. It doesn't matter if the market goes up or down, by the way, if we know what we need to do to critically think and to make the world a better place. I am not even messing with you on that. The market doesn't matter if we know how we can do better for ourselves. The more we ask for the government, the more handouts everyone starts asking for, the more we lose our freedom. We lose everything we fought for over all these years. I want us to do it better. So my challenge is tell your grandkids how hard it is sometimes and that they can win if they work through it. Absolutely. That's a big one this week. I like yeah, that. I do too. I think- all of my horses lost, but all my <laughs> bourbon won. So give them the bourbon story. Yeah. How do you win? How do you win, son, when the horses are going down terribly? <laughs> but maybe well. maybe save the bourbon stories from when they're past 21, okay? Just maybe, maybe save that part. But... <laughs> But I agree, John. I think the best part of this show and the best part about hearing from our listeners is their stories. And that's the thing. A lot of people today who come to us, maybe they've been working for the very same employer for decades, but a lot have faced some of those challenges along the way. They've had to change jobs several times. And actually, the Labor Department says this is becoming a lot more common today. The typical American baby boomer has had about 12 jobs over the course of their careers. So, That oftentimes, too, means that we've left behind a lot of our retirement accounts with a former employer. But 
now that people are getting toward the end of their careers, you might think, okay, how am I going to bring all of this together? And that's where Morningstar's Christine Ben says we might need to think about consolidating. You might have old rollover IRAs or you might have 401k plans left behind with former employers. You can clean all that up. Usually the best thing to do would be just to roll it all into one mega IRA. But if your company retirement plan is really good, you might even be able to roll the assets into the plan. So ask your employer if you really like that 401k plan. But uh, this sounds complicated to most of us, and we don't want to deal with the paperwork headaches, John. So what do you tell that person who maybe has some of those old 401ks out there somewhere? Well, number one, that's your money. Mm -hmm. That's your money. And who's going to stop that old 401k from turning into a 201k? You're the one that's responsible because they don't care about you. You left them, Mm -hmm. right? Or they, they got rid of you. So that's your money and you worked for it. Get that money in your hands. And I know what Christine said here and everyone gets all hung up on this. So I'm going to hit this real quick. Everyone says, I don't know. She says some big old mega account, but I always heard you never put all your eggs in one basket. Guys, that's a myth. That is a myth. Warren Buffett said you should put all of your eggs in one basket and guard it with your fricking life. And if you think about it, what did he do at Berkshire Hathaway, which is the company that he founded? He has all of his eggs in that one basket. And he guards it with his life. Michael Dell of Dell Computers, every single bit of his life savings outside of real estate is in his company. And he guards it with his life. Papa John Schnatter, believe it or not, here in Kentucky, he had a ton of his money in that company. And so he guarded it with his life. He's been fighting to make sure he can get his, his own rights back to his own asset. Good or bad, up or down, doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. So guard it with your life. And so that's your money. Get it where you can access it. And don't be all hung up in all this egg thing. If you have a diversified strategy portfolio, not diversified mutual funds, those aren't all that great. Those nickel and dime us to death. But if you have diversified strategies in one account, how easy is that to see? Oh, wow, honey, today we're worth 500,000. Yesterday we were worth $483,000. we have made $17,000. See how easy that is? That's what we want. We want to be able to look at our accounts and say, hey, am I better off today or am I worse? It's like a personal balance sheet. And that's what we'd like to have. Now, everyone over time should consolidate all those old accounts. Now, there is a possibility that every one of us should have as many as three accounts each. Jennifer, three. this is a big okay. one potentially three. So you need a taxable account. This is where you have, like if you worked for UPS, let's say, and you took a lot of company stock, but you bought it in your own name, right? You're going to have a taxable account so that you don't have to pay ordinary income on those accounts. That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Then you have a tax deferred account. This is what Christine was talking about. Those rollover accounts, those 401ks, 403bs, 457s, IRAs, all of those can go into that one bucket, that tax deferred account. And then all of us guys, all of us need a tax-free account, tax-free. We're typically talking about a Roth IRA. Well, John, I can't put money in a Roth. I make too much money. You're almost right. You used to not be able to contribute to a Roth IRA if you made over 200000 but you can backdoor. Ooh, Ooh the that backdoor into fun. the Roth. Ooh, <laughs> you can backdoor into the Roth. But more than that, you can convert any amount you want from tax-deferred, which is an IRA, into a Roth account if you want. Any Ah. amount, anytime you choose, no matter what your age. And that's what I suggest most people do anyway. So real quickly, 
The whole idea is that you should consolidate your life. Make it easy. You should be able to understand your entire financial future, your entire financial life on one piece of computer paper. Hmm. One piece. One piece and one piece alone. At least have all of your assets quantified on that. And I know there's those of you out there who believe in spreadsheets that are 17 feet long. <laughs> that does not help you out. It may help you to categorize things. It does not help you actually make money, save money, do anything better. I promise you. Listen, I've seen all these guys. People that are worth $20 million, we can get all their stuff on one sheet of paper because wow. that's what we do. Yeah. And they really can understand, oh, John, I see what you're saying. Uh-huh. Right. That's the whole point. So get it all categorized, but you may need three, taxable, tax-deferred, and tax-free. If you do that correctly, you're going to win and you're going to feel like you're in control of your future because you know where your money is. Jennifer, you know <laughs> where your money is. Have questions for John? Drop us an email at retirementsolutionradio.com. Before the break there, John, we were talking about this issue for a lot of boomers today who might have left a job or two or 12 over the course Mm. of their careers, left behind some of those 401ks. You gave us some great steps to go through and consolidating that before retirement. But then we get to retirement. It's actually time to start spending some of that money. And the Motley Fool recently pointed out that the way we start withdrawing our money during retirement can have kind of that domino effect on our tax bill. What do they mean by that? Well, I don't know if I trust any financial outlet that has fool in its title. (laughs) That's true. I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) I'm a fool for your loving no more. (laughs) Or a fool in the rain. That was a little Led Zeppelin song. No, I'm I'm being facetious. So Motley Fool has actually been there for a long time. But this is actually a really good point. So what they talk about, and, and, and very few outlets, guys, are talking about this correctly. They do this whole thing, oh, worry about tax, 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 but they don't tell you what to deal with. So I'm going to do it real quickly. Okay. The whole point of retirement taxes is how awesome would it be to not pay taxes on your Social Security? Yeah. Now, some of you out there going, what are you talking about? I didn't Cletus know I did had this to, to me pay last him. Week. Yeah. I was talking to Cletus last week. He was over hanging over his deck looking at the, the guy mowing my yard who had a zero turn lawnmower. <laughs> and Cletus was over like oogling. He, he had like binoculars. He's like, oh man, look at, look at the way John's dude is zipping up and down them lines. <laughs> man, with zero turn radius. Oh, oh, I'm a, I bet I could knock him on the head and take that lawnmower from him. <laughs> it makes me laugh. But, but I think he was doing that. By the way, be, be fearful of neighbors that you know have binoculars. Okay, yeah. I was in the hot tub last week and I started getting a little fearful. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I'm just saying. Believe me, they're not looking at me. I don't know what they're looking at. But <laughs> We're not sure I'm why they saying. would be peering over um, for that. <laughs> it, so anyway, but Cletus made me think about that. No, but, but the Motley Fool was talking about this one thing and they said, listen, it can have a big tax impact. There could be a potential major tax impact. And so here's what we're going to talk about. I had a couple that came in um, a few weeks ago. I must say four weeks, almost a month ago. They were from Shelby County, and they'd listened to the show for a long period of time, but they said, John, you you always talk about this tax stuff. Everyone's talking about taxes these days. It seems like they follow your lead, but I want to know what you were talking about. And here's what we talk about. How can we potentially get our Social Security tax-free? You know, it used to be Mm tax-free. Do you guys uh, know, and if you're thinking about there, do you know when it started being taxed? Uh, I think you've told us before, it happened during the Reagan era, right? Yeah, believe it or not, 1987, Ronald Reagan really wanted to fund Star Wars. He thought he was very worried about uh, uh, Russia 
uh, USSR at the time, and he was very worried that they were going to have nuclear capabilities, and he wanted to keep an eye on them, so he wanted Star Wars. That's what we called it. But it was really, he wanted to be able to read the date on a dime from space. And when you think about that, that was not a bad thing to actually do. Mm -hmm. That's what allows us so many more opportunities today, which is, you know, the guy, guy had some ideas, which is not so bad. But the idea was he wanted that, and he did not have enough money for it. And all of a sudden, Tip O'Neill, who, of course, was the Democrat in charge of Congress, what they did is they struck a compromise. And so 1987, they actually came up with the fact that they would start taxing Social Security at 50 percent. So if you made a certain amount of money, they would start taxing 50 percent of your Social Security. Okay, so that's when it started in 1987. So it hasn't been all that long ago. But then in 1997, Bill Clinton was out there saying, I want to balance this budget. I have a lot of girls I need to pay off. And uh, no, no, that's not what I mean. No, 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 no. No, 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 of course not. I want to be known. I want to be known as the guy that made the budget actually work. I want a balanced budget. I want it to work right. And so he he went back to Congress. And what they discovered was, is why don't we go ahead, instead of a 50% tax on Social Security, let's make 85% of it taxable, Mm. 85%. And that's what happened. And so that happened in 1997. So in 1997, up to 85% of our Social Security is taxable. Now, here's the amazing thing. If you do not have a pension, the taxes on Social Security are often optional. Hold up. Think about it. They're optional, which means if you align your accounts correctly, you do not have to pay any taxes on Social Security if you do it right. Hmm. Now, what does this mean? Well, like I said a minute ago, a couple from uh, Shelby County came in and they had about $40,000 of Social Security income. They were very close to being able to do this. And what we figured out was if they actually kept their money the way it was of that 40000 bucks. 85% 85% was taxable, which mm-hmm. means 34000 was taxable. They were going to pay almost $7,500 a year in taxes to the government on their Social Security. Mm. They didn't like that idea. It's like, hold on. So of, of, of forty grand, we are really not getting all that? We're really like getting like 32000 Right. Mm. So what we did is we showed them how we actually put the money and do asset shifting. And within two years from now, because we just looked at doing this, we just did it, they will have no taxes. That's going to save them over $272,000 of the course of retirement. Wow. Man. Assuming they don't change all the taxes and blow everything out of the water. And they're going to change them. Yeah, we but know the that. Way that the, the way that we do this, the way that we plan for this, is that we never create a plan that is not based on historical precedence, hmm. which means that we're just trying to make sure they don't make a $272,000 retirement mistake. That's it. Yeah. So simple. All we got to do is figure out which amount of money goes into taxable, which amount of money goes into tax deferred, like 401k, IRA, and 403b, and how much goes into the Roth IRA or the CAMEL plan or the tax-free bucket. That's all we got to do. By just putting in, I don't care what you own in any of those buckets, you can own the exact same investment in any of them. The amazing thing is done correctly, it's going to save them almost 300,000 bucks over the course of retirement. Guys, that's huge. That is a tremendous amount. Show me, show me any plan that you've ever seen before that's going to save nearly, in this couple's example, we're just talking about $40,000 a year of Social Security. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. How crazy is that? But it's all simply because of planning. It's not process. It's not investments. It's not trying to beat our lipper peer group or get a five-star morning star fun, John. It's none of that. It's just making sure we understand what are the rules, how do we play by them correctly, and how do we win at the rules they give us. 
That's what we're talking about. So here's the point where we're talking about when the Motley Fool says this. The domino effect means if they pull from the wrong accounts at the wrong time, that's what's going to happen. They're probably going to pay up to $272,000 more in taxation on Social Security. It's a simple fix. We do it in our office every single week, dozens of times. We show people how to do this correctly, and then we implement it for them so they don't screw it up. Why? Because two hundred seventy-two grand is a ton of money, and that has nothing to do with their savings. That's only the taxation from their Social Security income. Imagine what you can do when you apply those same principles to your savings, whether it be five hundred grand or $800,000 or $1.9 million. We recently had a couple that we were talking to. Believe it or not, they had over $23 million saved. Wow. They can have no shot of running out of money, but they didn't have the right estate plan. Hmm. They didn't have the right trust plan, and they were probably leaving almost $6 million on the table. We fixed it. Wow. It literally took about two weeks to fix that and get six more million dollars in their beneficiaries' pockets. See, guys, it's, it's, not about, it's not about thinking harder, thinking smarter, working harder. It's about doing things right. Yeah. And I don't care how you do it. I just want you to do it right. So if you don't know how you should pull out from your retirement accounts, if you don't know how to avoid taxes on Social Security, seek someone out that does that. Don't let them sell you some junky product. Just find out the process. Find out if you can do it on your own or if you need someone to implement it for you. If you need someone else, hey, consider us at all. But realistically, I just want people to win out there. If you do this correctly, you can potentially put $272,000 more in your pocket or eliminate a $272,000 screw-up. That's how you win in retirement. Connect with us at retirementsolutionradio.com. Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if John Hicks is licensed in your state, please call 502-690-5635. J. Hagen Capital Inc. is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through John Hicks, Kentucky Insurance License Number 998827.